This is the Jersey Rain Podcast with your host, Chris O'Neill, starting right now. All right, welcome to episode two of the Jersey Rain Podcast. Jersey Rain, some stay dry and others feel the pain. Oh, that's never going to catch on. All right, guys, this week I'm going to talk to my good friend Joey Image, a name that a lot of you probably know if you're familiar with my other podcasts, like the Club Kayfabe Show, where we talk about wrestling, or Talk and Talkies, where we talk about movies. Either way, Joey Image has been a good friend of mine for over 10 years now. Really crazy to think about. He is a true brother by every sense of the word, and we're going to talk about his 15-year pro wrestling career as well as a little bit of tech talk, especially the process going into building a PC and what it takes to become popular with these unboxing videos, which are all the rage right now. So you guys sit back and relax and listen to this. I hope you guys are getting ready for the new James Bond movie coming out this weekend, Spectre. I'm really excited about this. My talk and talkie show with Dan Peck has been preparing for this by doing the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Not a big fan of Quantum of Solace, but I really like Casino Royale and Skyfall. I thought it was just perfect. All the Bond movies are great. I'm a huge fan of the Connery ones. The Roger Moore ones, eh, they're very hit and miss depending on which one you're watching. The Brosnan ones start off good but progressively get worse. And a lot of people seem to forget about the two Timothy Dalton films, but I think they're both worth watching. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is the George Lazenby film that gets panned because of how poorly of a James Bond Lazenby played. But you know what? That's probably the best Bond movie. It's about 20 minutes too long, something that Dan Peck is really fond of analyzing. By far the best. I highly recommend checking them out. Get ready and get prepared for Spectre this weekend, and check out the Joey Image interview coming up right now. You're listening to the Jersey Rain Podcast. All right, everybody. I'm here with my pal, Joey Image, joining me on this edition of the Jersey Rain Podcast. Uh, Joey Image actually is his real name. So, Zuckerberg, if you're listening to this, don't don't kick him off Facebook, please. Not <laughs> <How>? again. <laughs> Not again, yeah. How are you doing, Joe? Wonderful. They actually, they actually kicked me off twice. <laughs> now that I think about it. the second, oops, the second time they emailed me and said, "Sorry, we did that by mistake. Somebody was in my account messing around, and they accidentally suspended me a second time." Oh, well, and I responded saying, "Incompetence." Just one word, and they didn't answer after that. <laughs> I understand the first time was because they thought my name was questionable, but once I proved to them that this is my real name and sent them, you know, the three or four ID forms of ID they were looking for. They had no reason to be in my account screwing around, but they were. Oh, I, I felt like logging into this guy's account, and I decided to suspend it again. Oh. Yeah, well. and they were like, oh, yeah, somebody was in there uh, accidentally, uh, lo- you know, hit suspend or whatever. Like, why would you be in there a second time? It wasn't, it wasn't, it was no longer in question. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> somebody making a lot of money sitting in yeah. an office in California. Right, to do nothing, to, to look at, at people's, you know, names all day and make sure oh. that they think they're correct. I mean, that they think they're legit. Uh, my favorite one was when Facebook police shut down some kid with, like, a, a really, really Native American name. And he's <laughs> like, um, yeah, thanks for discriminating against me, assholes. I remember that. <laughs> all right, man. 15-year wrestling career. That's crazy to think about. Yes, sir. You did it for 15 years. Some guys 
can only dream about it for 15 years and you actually live the hey, dream. man yeah you actually live the dream which is pretty cool i know uh i know your career was cut short due to a neck injury but i want to kind of go back to the beginning and talk about uh how, how did joey image decide man i'm gonna be a pro wrestler these guys beating the crap out of each other i'm gonna do that yeah i saw a junkyard dog hit uh Harley Race with a chair at WrestleMania 3. And I thought it was the greatest thing I ever saw. And I wanted to do that. Yeah. I don't know if I wanted to. I don't know if I wanted to perform in front of a crowd or if I just wanted to hit people with chairs. <laughs> well, I mean, either way, I knew it had something to do with wrestling. So did, At some point in your wrestling career, did you get to hit someone with a chair? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> okay, well then. <laughs> I also got hit with a, a bunch myself. Oh, well. Oh, there was that part of the dream. They don't tell you about that part. Yeah, I didn't know about that until I got there years later. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can hit people with chairs. Uh, they're going to hit you back. They're also going to hit you with other things. Yeah, like that wasn't part of the original deal I didn't <laughs> I didn't know about, but oh well. So you trained in uh, in West Patterson. I did. At the IWF. Tell us a little bit about what it was like to train to be a professional wrestler. Oh, man, it was rough. It, I mean, I've never been a, a big um, gym rat guy, shockingly enough. So... That was my workouts for, we, we were there five to six days a week, five, five days a week normally for training and then a sixth day if we had a show. And usually we would do events on Saturdays and or Sundays. So once out of the month, um, or say one Saturday or Sunday out of the month, we had a show. So one week out of the month, we would be there for six days for, for, and we would train like the shows would be six, seven o'clock at night, like a normal independent show would be nowadays or well, normal any show really, um, independent or otherwise. And then we would do training still from like eight, nine AM until usually two or three. Then we would get we would prepare for the show. So we still did regular training days on uh regular show day. So it was I mean, it was like boot camp. Um, you know, we went in, we did like an hour of calisthenics and then we would do um we had weight training. There was a separate uh area of the building where we had weights like, you know, a bench and all that stuff set up. So uh it was rough. Um, but like I said, I mean, it was, it was my, um, that was my uh, workouts for the month, for the, for the month, for the, for the week. So I never really went to a gym during that whole year that I was training because that was five days a week we were doing it. It was, well, yeah, it's almost like you don't even need to go to the gym. If if everything's right there, then. Yeah. Well, I think I've talked to a lot of guys who've trained to be wrestlers who say that they just, uh, they go to their, their training center. I know like. Obviously, not everybody has the performance center like WWE has, but a lot of independent training centers that I've actually gotten to see, including the one I trained at, had a, you know, a decent amount of workout equipment. So why not? You don't have to pay a gym membership. Just go get your workout in, and then you can also train in the ring at the same time. Yeah, and I was already paying tuition, too. So <laughs> okay, it, it was it was easier to just pay that and, uh, you know, as opposed to paying that end for and a gym membership. Right. I wish if something like the performance center was around when I started, I would probably have begged to go there. Um, I, that's an amazing place from what yeah. I've seen. I mean, yeah. I've never been there. Um, I'm actually going to Florida, uh, in a couple weeks or I should say in a week for a week, um, for just like a vacation with my girlfriend. And I actually spoke to, uh, two people at WWE about possibly doing a tour just to come down and check it out. Um, so I haven't gotten an answer yet, but we're gonna we're gonna see what's going on. If not, no big deal. You know, I mean, I don't obviously I don't work there, so I'm assuming having somebody come in from the out, you know, an outsider, so to speak, 
just as a tour, it's like a liability. It's probably waivers that's got to be signed and everything. Because if I get hurt, I can sue or whatever. But uh, I haven't even gotten an answer yet. I'm assuming they're going to say no again because I'm not an employee. But, you know, I mean, I got friends there. I know people there. I know people in NXT. So it can't hurt to ask. Yeah, so you actually do have some friends there. Um, who do you know that's training in WWE right now that you can actually call like a real, like a real friend, a r- real life friend? <laughs> uh, in wrestling, uh, <laughs> none. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, people that I there's people I know there that aren't exact like I'm not super close with. You know, when I see them, we talk or or we'll shoot messages back and forth on Twitter or Facebook. But I mean, there's not. You know, not there's not people I'm super close with because again, like the distance thing, and it's a lot of people there are so busy because they're on the road all the time, and it's just hard to keep up with friends and family a lot other than through social media. But I mean, guys like uh, like referee Bennett, he's down there. Um, Fred, um, sorry, uh, what's his name? Uh, Darren Young. Um, I was gonna, I almost called him by his IWF name. Um, <laughs> uh, Darren Young, I know. Um, Ref Matt Bennett or Sean Bennett now, but he he was Matt Bennett on the Indies. I know you um, knew uh, Bull Dempsey when he got hired. Yeah, he's not a big fan of mine. Couldn't tell you why, but I don't know. But <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We 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 had problems years ago, and then he came up to me at a show one day at an Ace show actually in the Ace Arena and shook my hand and said, "Dude, no heat, man. It was something stupid." I'm like, "All right, no problem." And I haven't talked to him since, but he doesn't well, respond to my he's tweets. He's also or, busy, but I guess. Um, yeah, so him, uh, Ref Dan is down there, who is also an IWF guy. Um, Drake Younger, I've I've been uh, on shows with, or Drake Wartz, the referee, I've been on shows with him up here in, in the Jersey area. He's a ref down there now. Um, Bandito Jr., Eddie Bandito Jr. just got signed like a month ago, I think, or a month and a half. Uh, I've worked with him up here in Jersey um, a while back, so he's down there now. Um Sammy Callahan, I know. I mean, uh, uh, Solomon Crow. Um, so there's, there's, a, you know, there's a, a group of guys that I that I know and have worked with um, at some point or the other in, in the past 15 years that are down there now. That's pretty cool to actually see them get that get to this level of training and uh, and I mean that I've seen the Performance Center through these documentaries that they're doing. They've got this Breaking Ground show now. They're really giving you a good inside look there, which I think is really cool because everybody can kind of see what they're going for. And I've heard everybody from, you know, Brian Danielson down to Brie Bella. And I, that's a good comparison because they're married now. But both of them have said it, you know, like, oh, man, we started training. This is where we'd want to train. Yep. Me too. I, I would. I mean, uh, you know, my goal wasn't to make it to WWE when I first got started. But still, I mean, you get exposure down there. That's really all you need. Even if even if you get like that Dana Brooke chick that got, um, I guess they got rid of her. She was, uh, was it, was it Dana Brooke? Not Dana Brooke. I think you're thinking uh, Devin Taylor, the announcer. Yeah, yeah, Devin Taylor. She was doing the, the, the in-ring stuff. She wasn't getting it, so they made her backstage, whatever you call it, and then uh, they got rid of her because she wasn't just wasn't progressing or whatever. Um, but even her, she's now got not necessarily a name, but I'm sure if she works indies, even if she works in the ring where, where they said she wasn't that great, you know, I'm sure her price will go up now or or her price will start high because she didn't work in these beforehand. So, right. I mean, it's really it's just exposure. Um, but I would love to. Uh, and I'm 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 the kind of guy that like, I don't know, for some reason, people doubt me when I say this, but I'm the kind of guy that uh, I get. I generally am happy about other people's success, whether I know them or not. 
specific, I mean, more if I know them, of course. But like, I'm not bitter or like jealous of guys that I've worked with that are now down there. So if right. I say sure, like, and you're, yeah, 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 some people are always going to think that way, though. Right. Some people are like, oh, that's bullshit because it's a comp. I mean, that's BS because it's a competition, and you know, I, I, I didn't get signed, and and you know, Ref Bennett did, for example, and blah blah blah. And I've worked with him a million times, so oh no, why me? Why me? Or why not me? But I don't. I just don't think that way. I just think if I was what they wanted, they would they would call me. That's all. And I know why. I know why they don't want me because I don't have a body. I'm not in the gym, you know, 28 hours a day. Whatever. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm. I'm. And I know some people are think like if you if you're in the business that your goal has to be you want to work for WWE. That's just not always true. And uh, and I'm okay with not with that not being my. Um, you know, my goal or never necessarily being my goal. Right, Obviously, if they called me and said, hey, we'll give you, you know, even if they said, hey, we'll give you a thousand bucks a week to start with, I would, of course, do it. I mean, it's money and it's exposure, but it wasn't necessarily on my, uh, you know, to-do list. Right. But I've, I've talked to lots of people, what, <clears throat> you know, in the locker rooms I've gotten to be in, and they've all had different goals. You know, our, our buddy Matt Turner, his goal was to work in Japan. Yeah. He's like, you know, WWE's nice, but that's not what I want to do. I want to go to Japan because that's the wrestling I like. That's the culture I like, you know. And I know same thing with MVP. MVP is the same way. His dream was always to work for New Japan and and not necessarily WWE. He went to WWE because they offered him a lot of money, but you know that wasn't necessarily the end uh, the end goal. Right, and I mean that's just it. All all these companies now are getting exposure. Um, so obviously, you and I became wrestling fans in the '80s when that was the the big period, the rock and wrestling period. Um, we, we've seen how that's evolved, that uh, the cartoonish style came up in the 90s, and then that quickly switched formulas to the Attitude Era for the Monday Night Wars. Um, what do you think, as a just as a wrestling fan, what do you think is like the real golden era of the wrestling business? And uh, how do you like the way it's progressing nowadays? Probably the 80s. Um, I mean... I a lot of people these days probably don't like it, but I like watching old stuff from like the 30s and 40s where one match would be literally three or four hours long and you could a guy could hold the headlock for 45 minutes and the crowd wouldn't chant boring. Um, you know, the crowd appreciated the level of athleticism that went into a performance like that. And then they didn't even know it was a performance back then. I mean, it was to them, it was legitimate sport. Um but I would say I would I would say at least in my lifetime the '80s definitely the uh, the Hogan the Hulkamania stuff from '84 uh, on with um with him and Cheek and how big he was and how big he made he put the business on the map I mean whether he likes black guys or not you know he put <laughs> well he put, that's that's irrelevant now but yeah he put the business on the map I think and uh and it's I think it's been there ever since it's got you know it's got its its peaks and valleys and it goes up and it comes back down but. I think Hogan started all that, and uh, I think that you know people still, regardless of whatever he thinks or whatever they think of his situation currently, you know they can't. People still can't deny that he, at one time, was the man that 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 you know made wrestling a household word. Right. You think um, we're ever going to see another Monday Night War like we had with WCW, <laughs> or you think? There's never going to be another company to rise up to that level. Yeah, no, point. I don't think there's going to be. I mean, unless you start, like, unless when when you have your first show, you already own. I mean, you already own. You already possess like one or two billion dollars. Otherwise, I doubt it. I mean, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I commend TNA for trying, but it just, it, you know, it's not. Yeah, they're still it, trying. They're well. I mean, for 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 when they did that little move to Mondays for three weeks or whatever it was, and then Dixie was like, "What the hell is this?" And then she took off, <laughs> and they went back to Thursday or whatever. But like, I commend them for trying. I mean, people people give them crap about it. About you know, there's no way and blah blah. blah. You know what, man? People can give them all the crap they want, but they tried. There's a lot. You know, there's there's a lot of people on social media that like to bury people that are on t i had a, i just had a conversation last night about someone who was saying that the bellas are terrible in the ring and i said uh i'm not saying that they're my response was i'm not saying they're the greatest but they're on monday night television every week while i sit home and merely watch so they're obviously doing something right they're doing a hell of a lot better than i am and the response was lol like <laughs> it wasn't meant to be funny it was a serious comment you know people that complain every week but yet still watch then either stop watching or stop complaining because you obviously love it enough or you like it enough to continue watching, but you dislike enough to bitch about it every week. Then just don't watch. Well, There's I, I talk plenty to, of other things on television. Yeah, I talk to fans who were who get, get so mad. They're like, "That's it. I, I'm done supporting WWE." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, you still have the network. You're still giving them nine ninety nine every month." Like, right. So, so how exactly are you no longer supporting them? They're like, well, I, I like watching all the old stuff. I'm like, oh, that's great, but you're still giving them money. That's exactly. I have, a, I have, I was going to say, I have a, a former coworker from my last uh, day job that said that oh, I, don't, I don't, I don't watch the new stuff because it sucks, and I, and I don't want to support, you know, I won't support the company because the the new storylines is garbage and all the guys are boring. But I'll get the network for the old stuff. Like, well, you realize you're still supporting. That's still literally money in their pocket. No, no, no. I only watch, like, the old 80s stuff and the old pay-per-views. It, it doesn't matter what you watch. Yeah. You're give, they're, they're giving them their money. <laughs> like, 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 it's fine. Yes, I mean, I'm they're... not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you're making yourself look like an idiot and sound yeah. like an idiot. Yeah, like, I, I know some people who uh, who work for the network. So And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we can monitor what you're watching. Like, we know how yeah. many people are watching this NXT special or, like, the Survivor Series or whatever. It's like... But at the same time, it's still you know it's it's one price nine ninety nine, yeah. So, so you know, well, thank thanks for the money. Uh, yeah, you, you gave us your nine ninety nine. So go ahead and complain that you're never going to watch again. But you paid your ticket. <laughs> yes, you paid your ticket. You say whatever you want. <laughs> um, what do you think about the uh, the advent of the network as a whole? Is like this just this WWE service on demand? I love it. I couldn't wait for it to get started. Um, I know a couple guys that work for .com as well as the network, and I would ask all the time, hey, man, when's this thing starting? When's this thing? I remember when they had commercials. Like, uh, I guess it started, it's only been, February was a year, right? So this coming February, in a couple months, will be two years? Or it was right be before uh, WrestleMania 30, because <clears throat> 30 was the first oh, pay-per-view. it was that night, it. right? Or that day it started, something like that? No, it was, it was a February date, but it was, um, it was like right after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. They're okay. like, oh, yes, it's going to be the last pay-per-view you'll ever have to watch on pay-per-view. Yeah, regular pay-per-view. Because WrestleMania 30 will be on the network. And they, their test run was for their uh, NXT special. It was like NXT Arrival or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, all right, so it'll be, it'll be in, uh, in February, it'll be two years. So I remember like two years before it started when they were showing commercials on TV for it on Raw. Yeah. And I remember they had that big rainbow background and all this, like the wacky logo. And it was they had the, they had the, they had the dubstep music that was stuck in my head for like three weeks. Yep. And then it never happened. And then they just stopped showing the ads and stopped talking about it. And I remember texting uh, a friend of ours saying, dude, what's going on with this? Is this going to happen or what? Like, man, we don't know anything. We're still waiting ourselves. Yeah. Like, Come on, you're killing me. 
And then when it came I, out, I know exactly and, who you texted because I texted him the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. He's I mean, probably, uh, I mean, the guy that we know. Yeah, he's uh, probably like, oh, this freaking Chris <laughs> O'Malley, Joey Image jackasses won't leave me alone right now. <laughs> he's, I love him because he responds. Like, I mean, I mean, we were friends with him before he got that job, yeah. so it's not like we we only talk to him about wrestling. But well, I'll, I, I'll, uh, sometimes I'll text him and go, hey, I got a Mark question for you. Can I ask you this? He's like, yeah, no problem. And then I ask him whatever, and he he responds. You know, oh, yeah, he always will. What, you but know, he, obviously cool. he's busy too. But yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I remember those commercials, and I remember texting him all the time. I'm like, dude, why is this taking so long? Like, what's going on? Well, I don't know. They, they, they don't tell us anything either until it's final, yeah. so we don't really know. Well, if they I'm tell like, them, then they might leak something. Right, and plus, yeah, plus because they're dot com, they don't want to, I guess, leak anything online. Or just say anything inadvertently. It'd be like, yeah, yeah. like you're writing a dot com article. You're like, well, check out the network that'll be coming in. Oh crap! Wait, oh that yeah, published. Yeah. It's like almost as bad as putting up like a comment about Benoit. Oh, and I I remember when the network first started, and uh, I don't think I actually watched. I think I watched WrestleMania at TGI Fridays because they were still showing it at the time on regular pay per view, and I used to go there every month with a bunch of friends. And I remember, like, I got the network as soon as it started, but the first thing I watched was not whatever the next pay-per-view was, I guess, WrestleMania. It was, like, old, like, old, like, I mean, it was probably WrestleMania 5, knowing me. Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> really remember. WrestleMania. I, yeah. I don't Let's remember just... what it was, but I know it wasn't something new. It was something old. And and I'll watch, like, I'll watch new episodes of stuff, but the majority of my time on there is old stuff. Yeah. Well, I remember the first thing I watched was uh, the ECW One Night Stand, because I just... I was curious how they were handling the Benoit stuff. <laughs> I wish, uh, sorry to cut you off. I, I, I wonder, and I'm, I'm assuming they can go into people's individual accounts and see what they've watched. Because I would love to know how many times I've watched WrestleMania 5 by now. <laughs> because it's at least once a month or it's once like, every like, like, like the, other week. It's like week. the background noise. You're like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I, yeah. Got, I, I, got, I got three hours to kill at home right I gotta now. I got to text so our buddy gonna... go, hey, can you go to my account and look this up for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Joe. How like Dude, it's like, it's like 26 <laughs> it's like it's like a progress bar chart where it's like all these little bars like up and down and that's like yeah, and that, wm5 that it's like up the highest <laughs> it's like geez joe like you, you want me to just like put it on your start page so when you when you <laughs> log on you it's, log already in, it's already there here. i can autoplay it too <laughs> all right so that's on a vhs recorded right off of uh youtube uh youtube right off a of pay-per-view which i want to transfer to my to my youtube actually because it's the original pay-per-view version with no cutouts and no music editing or anything like that. Yeah, I got I got a couple of those recorded on VHS too. Yeah, they're so they're so much better. I mean, obviously it's you know I'm paying for convenience right now of just like the Netflix style menu system and everything, but I wish they didn't edit all that stuff. I, I understand licensing fees and all that yeah. or licensing contracts and all that, but I don't know. I just wish it was more original. All right, so uh, old school old school wrestlers. Who were the guys you looked up to? Uh, Flair, of course. Um, Hogan, Warrior, Demolition. That was a big, big Demolition guy. Um, Bulldog. Uh, the Hearts. I was a big Mr. Perfect guy also. I always I always wanted to see, like, Mr. Perfect. And I don't know if they ever did. Uh, I, I wasn't around for it. But if Mr. Perfect and his father ever had, like, maybe one, like, tag team match together. That was always I, a dream. Uh, like, I, I, I feel they, like that did happen. It was probably in AWA. Like yeah. a, it had to be a Ganya show somewhere, <laughs> but 
Like that's always been like a dream of mine that unfortunately is never going to happen now, but I've always wanted to have a kid. Hopefully it's a boy and then I can tag team with him at least once. And hope, yeah, well, hopefully he's a boy that's into wrestling and wants to actually pursue it. So <laughs> like if wrestling. everything, if every step worked, you know, yeah. fell into place. No, I would with, with, with your luck, it. it'll be, it'll be, no, that's stupid. I'm going to be an MMA guy. Will you spar with me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I won't actually. <laughs> right. Here, call this guy Phil. He's from Chicago. He'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah. Call Phil. <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah, but. So that's well, that's not going to happen. So I'm okay with that now. But um, those are just a bunch of the guys that I watch. I used to like. Uh, I'm only bringing this up because I just met Brian Knobs for the first time the other day. I used to like the Nasty Boys too, just because they were like just bad dudes. Like they would just come out with like leather jackets and shirts that had like just spray paint all over them and just beat up guys. Yeah. I always thought that was like the coolest thing. I thought you were going to say I always liked them because. Uh, I would watch Knobs shove guys into his armpit, and I'm like, that's going to be my signature move one day. <laughs> Brian Knobs, funny, quick side story. Brian Knobs came up to me on Saturday. I, I was doing, I was working at a convention called Pop Icon, and Brian Knobs comes up to me, first of all, and I've never met him before. So this is the first conversation I've ever had with him. And he goes, are you from Pennsylvania? And I go, uh, no. And he's like, but you're Joe. I go, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, okay. Just the way he said it made it sound like because my name is Joe, I must live in Pennsylvania. So he's like, did you text me before? <laughs> and I go, we've never met. <laughs> he's like, somebody from Pittston named Joe texted me. I thought I, I thought it was you. It was on my way here. And I'm like, but we've never met. Like, you <laughs> thought it was me while you were on your way here, but we have never met before. Yeah, like, I don't have your phone number. Right. And and. He's like, well, no, I saw you. He saw me on the Facebook event page and thought I was the guy that texted him. So I'm like, what a random question. I'm like, no, man, we've never met. It wasn't me. Uh, it was just a random question. And then we, later we took a picture later on. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. was me, him, and Blue Meanie on, um, oh, yeah. on Saturday. But it was just such a weird conversation. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, all right. How about let's do uh, modern wrestling. Who in, uh, Who now? Other than, you know, your friends that you work with on the indies, um, who are the guys that you really think are going to be the future of the business as a whole? Kevin Steen, Tyler Breeds. Um, I guess I want to say Neville, but like I was never like, I don't know, I guess because I couldn't do it. I was never really a big high flyer fan. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that I'm not. Not that I was never a fan of that style. I just can't do it, so I never paid a lot of attention to it. Um, like I always, like I said, the Nasty Boys, Demolition, like those are guys that were my favorites. Yes. So like, and and you you know you can tell those two have kind of a similar style. They're very like brawlery and not yeah, like the the mat based brawler style. Yeah, not super technical like Benoit or Bret Hart or something like that. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, as far as far as now, like definitely Kevin Steen. Um, I, I guess I would put Neville on that list because, you know, there's still um, an audience. There's an audience for that high-flying stuff, a, a huge audience for it. Yeah, and uh, he, he's I not, think there's a lot more of an audience for high-flying and or brawling than there is for actual, like, technical wrestling, which yeah. kind of sucks. But Yeah, but but Neville doesn't strike me as, like, that, that indie-style high-flying where it's just, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to flip. It's not going to make any sense. <laughs> Come on, that never happened. <laughs> no, never at all. All right. All right. So um, I'm not going to get too much into the neck injury because we, we've done that before. I've actually interviewed yeah. you for your final five DVD, which is out. But I want to 
I just want to touch on um, some some fond memories of you in wrestling. Uh, can you tell us about like the first time you ever really met a big name or worked a big name that you can remember? Probably uh, when I was still in training. Um, when I was still in training, it was uh, the, the the second half of December of '99, and then 2000. So ECW, WCW, and WWE were still around. They were all the top three at the time. So Kevin Knight, my trainer, was tight with a lot of ECW guys. So every month, Steve Carino would come in and do training. And then he would come in at least once a month. And then uh, we would have, um, like, clinics or whatever you call it from other ECW guys. Like Simon Dimo would come in, Dormery, Danny Doring, Roadkill, uh, referee Mike Keener. Um, man, I don't even know who else. There were so many guys that would come in. Uh, some of them, a lot of them actually, I still keep in touch with. But probably Carino, because Steve Carino was ECW champion, I think, at the time when I had first started or when I actually got going. Like once my, my training kind of got off the ground and I got the hang of things and, 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 you know, I wasn't like just still just a beginner. I was kind of in the middle of my training course, my one year of training course. Um, so probably Carino, he would come in all the time and work with us. He was great. I mean, I've wrestled, I've wrestled with him probably 15, 20 times. Never at a show, though. Never, like, in front of a crowd, just at training. Like, we would do practice. You know, he would teach us ABC and then say, all right, now let's use that in a match. And then we would either we would wrestle him or we'd wrestle somebody else. And then we'd wrestle someone else. And then he would say, okay, that was good, but do this. And then we would wrestle. He would get in there with us himself one-on-one and say, all right, now let's do this and that. And then, you know, if you do it good, then you can do it with this guy. If not, we'll work on it some more or whatever. So probably Karina was was likely the first one that um, that was a big name to me. I mean, you know, nowadays he's kind of just doing the ROH thing, and I think he still has his own company down in North Carolina. But uh, back then, ECW was on TV every week and on pay per view every month. So I think he was a much bigger name back then. I feel like I feel like enough fans still know the name Steve Carino. Hopefully, he's still, in my opinion, he's still one of the best uh, pound for pound just wrestlers out there. Well, I worked with him on a show in uh, like 2000, 2008. He wrestled Justin Glory up in Connecticut. I was the ring announcer for it, and you know the guy hasn't missed a step. Nope. He's still he's still as good now as he was then. Yep. And and not a lot of guys can say that. They really. And can. he's so much. He's so much different now because in ECW, obviously, there was a lot of blood and, and and brawling and blood and guts and stuff. And now he just does pure actual wrestling, which is a lot. Uh, a lot different of a style than he was doing back in ECW, so it's 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 cool to see a guy that that's not typecast in that one you know extreme role, and that's it. Right. So I think you've mentioned this before in other interviews, but I know like for a while your dream was to work in ECW, and it's a uh, kind of unfortunate that like it went under right either while you were in training or like right after you were done with training. Yeah, right as I, right after I had finished training, my, I finished my year. Um, well, I guess, no, I guess it was, yeah, it was before because we trained in all of 2000 and then our graduation ceremony. So our, our like leaving the training center was in June of 2001. There was, um, there, it, it was one year of training and then we stuck around for the next six months and still did shows and stuff. And then when the training, when the graduation came around, it was like three or four groups of us together. I was in. Uh, the second group of, of trainees at IWF. So I think it was the first four groups all together. And that's why, even though the training was only one year, that's why the graduation wasn't for a year and a half. 
because they consolidated everything in one. Instead of having like one ceremony one month and then one the next month, kind of waters down like the the importance of it. So we did all four in one, and then that was June of 2001, and I think their last show was February of 2001, something like that, in like some house show in like Arkansas, or Pine Bluff, Arkansas, or something. I think it was. And uh, and then yeah, that's it. And I was like, the whole year 2000, I was like, man, this is great. Like, I can get out of here. I can maybe somehow call those guys. Or, or actually, here's a quick trivia fact that not a lot of people know: House of Hardcore, which is now the name of Tommy Dreamer's promotion, that was the name of the ECW Training Center back in 99, 2000. And I had called there first before I called Camp IWF uh, about training there, and I was going to go there. And then once. First of all, they were two and a half hours away, which was a pain in the ass, but it was ECW, and that's where I wanted to work. So I was like, you know what? This could be a foot in the door. Like, I could train there and then hopefully be on their shows because, it'll, you know, they'll need guys, obviously. Uh, and then once I found out that Taz was a trainer, I I, I put a kibosh, put the kibosh <laughs> on that idea. I was like, you know what, man? Like, Because I didn't know anything about shoot and work and, and, you know, professionalism in the business or whatever at the time. So I didn't know that. You know, he's a pro. He's not going to kill anybody on purpose. Um, yeah, but if you cross him, he probably right. you'd probably have a pretty rough day. <laughs> so once I found out that Taz the trainer was like, oh, forget it. I'll, I'll just go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it. That guy's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you did your final five series of matches after you found out you had your neck injury. Handpicked opponents. Um, we can get, You can get that on a DVD or a Blu-ray. They just got to get in touch with you. Yeah. Email... Uh, just email me final five uh, spelled out like F I V E D V D at gmail.com yeah, I'll, or Joey at gmail.com, whichever. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the description. You guys can check that out. Um, <clears throat> so after wrestling for 15 years, uh, traveling around the country, I know you've been to Texas for events. I know you've gone down to North Carolina. You went to Canada once um, reflecting back. I, I think you said before, but you have no regrets, right? Like, no, uh, actually, that's not true. I do have two. Um, maybe one. I don't even remember. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, one one regret is silly. People think it's silly, but not letting Brutus the Barber Beefcake cut my hair. Um, when I was tag team with uh, Eric Andretti, we were the, we were the free bird. Uh, the free birds. The T birds. <laughs> what a what a gigantic mistake that was. Uh, we were not the free birds. <laughs> we were the T birds, like from Greece. Right. Um, and I remember Pro Wrestling Elite, their first show, was, the main event was Beefcake versus, I don't remember who. I think it was Beefcake and Andrew Anderson, and he couldn't make it for some reason. Um, oh, no, actually, it was Beefcake and Johnny Thunder. And something happened in Boston. There was a hurricane or something like that where Thunder lived, and he couldn't make it. So the the promoter, Pete Peter Van Orton, PVO, called to see if I would do it. And uh, if I would, if I would a agree to the match of Beefcake, and then b if I'd be willing to get my hair cut because I had like I have now, I had my really long hair back then, and I don't know where I was, but I, I didn't get the call. Um, I got a, he left me a message or something like that. This is like when cell phones were like in their infancy, so I think this was like 2005 or six. So um, I probably I either didn't have didn't yet have a cell phone or just didn't know how to use it or something. So I never got the message until I actually got to the building and Pete told me about it. But he ended up calling me. I never got back to him, so he called Andretti. Andretti said, yeah, no problem. But Andretti had, I mean, if you take, like, a hair buzzer and you put, like, a number two blade on it and shave your head with that, like, kind of like yours, how it's short like that, yeah, that's yeah. what he had. So there's nothing for Beefy to cut. So 
um, Pete asked me when I got there, he's like, would you still be cool with the haircut thing? I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of like my hair. Like I, I use it as part of my gimmick and, you know, I kind of really don't want to get rid of it and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, no problem. And, uh, and he didn't care. I mean, like to this day, it wasn't a big deal for him. But years later, I realized like, it's fucking Brutus Beefcake, dude. Just, you know, just say yes. Like, you know, it'll grow back. It's not a big deal. You could have but, that as like a highlight for your whole right. career. Right, that would have been a, a totally would have been a highlight. I would, now, I would. Now, would that have been? Uh, would that have been Andretti wrestles Beefcake, and then if he loses, he cuts your hair? Well, that was the. Well, the idea was if I agreed to the match, I would have lost, and he would have cut my hair. Or if he wrestled Andretti, Andretti loses, Andretti takes off, and out of me and Andretti, I'm the only one with long hair. So Bruce, being a barber, I would be the only guy he could work on. So right. he would, you know, I would try to. We we actually did this. Where uh, Andretti tried to get out of the ring, and I I jumped in and tried to grab him. Beefcake grabbed me, and I was like, "Oh, you're not cutting my hair!" And I grabbed Andretti, threw him into, you know, kind of threw him to the wolves. So I threw Andretti to Beefcake, and I took off. We were we would have done the same thing, except I wouldn't have got, you know, I wouldn't have turned around and said, "No, no, no." He would have just got me and did it. But years later, I was like, "Man, I really should have just said yes," because like. That's Beefcake, dude. Like, that would have been, like, on my Final Five. That would have been, like, probably the cover of my Final Five. Like, yeah. even cut my hair or something like that. But uh, that's, well, like, one. Well, it's, it's never too late to do that. You could always run, a, yeah, run an ankle. Yeah, call him. Oh. Hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> Go over, cut my hair. But, yeah, that's, like, that. that's one thing I've always regretted. And then I don't remember what the second one is, but I had something else. Maybe, I guess I'm maybe only one, then. Well, hey, it's not so bad. Some people have a whole career full of oh, regrets. I know what it was. I talked about this on the Final Five DVD. Um, there was a uh, we we spoke about Taz earlier being the trainer for House of Hardcore. Taz had his own um, not a school, but he had like a finishing. It's called like a finishing school. So he, it was basically guys with experience. He would take you in the ring and show you what you know. You would show him what you could do, and he would say, "All right, you know, you need a little bit of polish here, you need the polish there," and he would work on stuff with you, and then. Um, basically in the process, he would get you tryouts and, you know, he would get you looked at by a big company, stuff like that. Um, it was essentially a finishing school, which he would take videos of guys' matches through his website. If, if he liked you, he would call you and say, all right, you're invited. If he didn't, you would just never hear from him. So I somehow, I sent him a video. He loved it. And he got, and he called me and he's like, Hey, listen, I want to invite you to my school and come down and do the deal. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, six weeks six Thursdays in a row and it costs whatever it costs and uh, you know come down we'll, we'll work and then uh, in, in fact a guy that you mentioned earlier Bull Dempsey got uh, TNA and WWE dark matches out of this from going to this training center thing um, so the only thing one of my other my only other regret is that I didn't go to that because I couldn't get the time off my day job and I couldn't afford it um, it was it was uh, I'm, I'm not going to say how much it cost but it was more than I could afford at the time. Now it would it wouldn't be a problem. But back then I couldn't afford it, and uh, I couldn't get off on my my regular day job every Thursday for six weeks in a row or seven weeks in a row. So it was a six week course, and then there was a seventh Thursday where he's like, "I'm just gonna be at the school, so you just come up and do whatever you want. Otherwise, it's not you know it's not required, but it's an optional day. So I would have gone that day. So for me, it would have been seven days in a row, or seven Thursdays in a row, with paying whatever it costs and I just couldn't do it and I always regretted that because not because it could have got me to a bigger stage but because that's the second time that Taz was training something I didn't make it to <laughs> and uh, and I just always felt like man like j even if it's 
like even if nothing came out of it, but I got better skill wise, you know, and that maybe could have led to more indie bookings or something. I don't know, but I've always regretted not doing that either. Right. Well, if people want to see, you know, the final five and get a real big career retrospect for you, I'll put the I'll put your emails in the description. You know, guys, write to him. Uh, I I know you said you do PayPal. Yeah. Yeah, I do PayPal. I take credit cards. I have that little square card reader thing. And, uh, of course, cash if you see me anywhere. Right. So, yeah, you guys can check that out. Um, but I want to switch gears a little bit here because I know, like, obviously, <coughs> with with wrestling is what got you to do a lot of the stuff that, you, that you've done. Um, I know you've been in comic books, novels, things like that. But uh, another side of you that I think... Either people you really don't talk about it as much, or maybe it's just because people need to like really know you to understand this. But you are one of the biggest uh, tech geeks that I know, and you're like <laughs> you're almost like a tech guru a in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, and I know that's I know you follow uh, Stevie Richards because he does the he does a lot of the tech stuff now. Yeah. Um, all right. So here, here's a fun tech question for you, and this. You know, people at home will be like, oh, yeah, so here's what he knows. All right, so next year, I'm probably going to build another computer. The one I have now, I built it in 2011 from scratch off my tax return. Um, I spent less than $500 on it, but I got a really good working machine. So, like, somebody comes to you, they're like, hey, Joe, I'm going to I'm gonna build a PC. Like, what's what's your immediate um, recommendation for them as to either what, what to look for or, you know, how to do it or... Hey, I'll I'll come by and help you, and here's what we'll do. My first question is always, how much do you want to spend? Um, because much like you, I built my own. I mean, I've always built my own since I was a kid, and I've spent a fraction of what it cost. Like what I like to do is I'll go on like Dell's website or DoghouseSystems.com, or I'll go on like Alienware, which is owned by Dell anyway, and I'll I'll go to their page where it says you can configure your system here. Just click on like the drop-down boxes and pick all the parts you want. So what I'll do is, what I usually do is I'll go on a website like that, even like Price Watch, or there used to be a, a website called PCPartsPicker.com, and uh, they do the same thing. So I would go on there, I get all the parts that I want, and then it'll give you the price, obviously, at the bottom for that system, whether it's Dell or whoever, uh, and then I'll compare what I want to that, or I'll compare what I pay to that. So I, I can get all those parts and the part numbers and the model numbers or whatever, providing that they're on that list. And then I'll go to, uh, I mean, they don't have computer shows anymore, which I wish they still did. But I'll go to like a Micro Center by me or I'll go to like an Amazon or PriceWatch.com where you can get uh, parts very, very inexpensive. And I will buy stuff that way just so I can compare the price and see how different they are. And it's like, it's amazing. Like my, my machine cost me $1,200. I've had it for a little bit over a year. And it's got, um, it's it's it, it's got like for example, like I'll give you an example. Like RAM, a lot of people like uh, system memory is like RAM is like you know a lot of people get four. Like the the standard right now is like two gigs of RAM, or in like a laptop or four gigs in a desktop. Mine's got thirty two, so I won't need to upgrade the RAM in my computer for literally at least probably another eight years or seven or eight years. Right, right. So I, I always buy years ahead of what's expected, or uh, not what's what's current, because I don't want to have to upgrade this in a year. If I buy, you know, if I buy a Dell Inspiron, for example, that are only $500, it's a great price, but you're getting a machine that's maybe a 2013 version. Or, you know, it won't say that on there, but it, it's got parts in it that were, you know, in 2013, it was like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. But now in 2015, you know, an infant can can make a, a can build something better. 
So I always like to buy years ahead of what I need just for that reason. Same thing with my video card. Like my graphics card, <clears throat> excuse me, my graphics card is an NVIDIA GeForce like 860, I think it is. And like every year NVIDIA comes out with like five new cards. It's just, it's impossible to like even keep up with it. But I always buy the highest, most expensive one I can find that I can afford just so I don't need to buy the next five that comes out the following year. Yeah. So when, when the new Warcraft expansion comes out, you'll... I'm already set, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, same thing with the with the expansion that just came out. for The the Warcraft expansion just came out last December, almost a year ago. Um, I had just built my machine maybe six or seven months before that, and I already knew um, I have friends that work at Blizzard on the Warcraft team, so I kind of got a sneak preview, quote-unquote, of what the system specs were going to be, and I was already good. I didn't have to buy anything or upgrade anything. I was set. So, you know, stuff like that is like, it goes back to the same question of how much are you willing to spend? I mean, I spent $1,200 on a machine that could easily, I could easily sell this for three grand or 3,500 if I wanted to get rid of my, my computer. And I've got 11 hard drives. I mean, it's not like there's no space either. And like, I didn't just put it all into memory. And a lot, another thing is a lot of people think that memory and hard drive space are the same thing. They're not. Like if I say how much memory does it have, people say, oh, it's got, you know, a hundred gig hard drive. That's all I asked. Like memory is system memory and drive space is drive space. They're two separate things. A lot of people get right. those confused. Um, I know you're a big, uh, you've always been big into the Apple tech side. Um, how do you feel as far as like the way Macs are built versus the way you could build your own PC? I mean, I, I would never know how to build a Mac. I just wouldn't. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I know it's, it's not, uh, they don't, I don't even know if it's, if it's possible. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I I don't know anyone that's ever built their own Mac. I don't know anything about Macs. I've never used one other than, you know, putzing around at, like, Best Buy or the, at the Apple Store or whatever. Like, the, the I, I never owned an Apple product until the first iPhone in 2007. And, like, the extent of my Mac usage is, like, either if, if not at a store somewhere, then I have one or two friends that actually have Macs. But I don't, I've never really used one. I've never had to. I've always had a PC... Um, you know, within reach that I can use that. I just never needed it. I mean, you know, it, it would be cool to learn. Like, I, I would like to eventually get one, maybe, just so I can learn on it. But it's all, nowadays, it's all point and click. It's the same thing on every, I think, on every system. And and Mac is a lot more for, like, productivity and utilities as, as PC is more for, like, productivity and, like, games. Right. Like, I mean, like, stuff that I play, like Warcraft and, like, the Blizzard games are all available on Macs. But, um, you know, they're more prominent on PCs. So it's, you know, it's really, it really depends on kind of what you want, what you need it for. Like productivity and, and audio and video editing and recording is great. Mac is a, is a great system for that. But if you have a PC, there's equivalent software where you can do the same stuff. Right. Um, so, so why Apple products? What made, I know you said you, first one you owned was the iPhone, but since then I know you've been a big fan of Apple versus when it comes to other options, you tend to lean more towards Apple. So, um, yeah, well, since since I got the first iPhone, I've since gotten an iPad. Uh, actually, I got two iPads. I bought one, never used it, sold it, and then I wanted it again, so I bought one, and now I don't use it. <laughs> I don't useful. know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a 16-gig iPad 3. I bought it. I used it for like a week nonstop, and then it just sat in my bedroom just collecting dust. So after like three or four months, I sold it, and then... Three or four months later, I was like, man, I really wish I had that iPad. So I bought another one, 
and now that one collects dust. I use it maybe once a month, if that. But I'm not getting rid of it because I don't want the same thing to happen again, so I haven't sold it yet. <laughs> all but right. as far as uh, as far as Apple products, like again, all I have is my iPad and my iPhone, and I have iTunes on my PC. And I just I love the fact that everything is integrated; like it all works together. If I download something, an app or a song or whatever, on my iPhone. It's already on my iPad. I just click, yes, I want this. You know, it'll say, not on this iPad, but you have it. And I'll hit yes. And I get it. And, you know, same thing if I if I update contacts or something like that. Everything goes to the cloud. And everything is, is seamlessly integrated um, together. It's it's just, it's it's ease. It's, it's like ease of use. And it's uh, uh, convenience, really, is the big, that's the big thing that Apple, you know, likes to, um, uh What's the word? It's what like they, how they promote, like to sell guess, their products. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people give Apple shit because iPhone will come out with something, and someone will say, "Well, Android had that, you know, two years ago." Who cares? You know, Apple yeah, didn't well, say now, that it was new; they just improved on it. Like yeah, well, Apple's never said now. we create brand new stuff that nobody ever has. Apple says we take something that's already existing and we improve upon it and make it work for us and that's what they do and they do a brilliant job at that yeah so i'm, I'm sure you have an opinion on either there's uh because there's two there's two sides of it there's the hardcore apple fanboys and then there's the the anti-apple fanboys the ones who everything is anti-apple and i feel like there's no middle ground there you either you're either like loving apple or oh my god a- apple people are the worst i feel like i'm in the middle ground because i love apple products but i still have a pc yeah. I, don't, I don't have a mac and and but the thing that I think the thing that drives me nuts the most is the people that say like, you know, oh, um, uh, like what's I'm trying to think of something for example like I don't know the the Apple Pay thing where where it's got NFC, which is uh, near field communication. So so I take my iPhone and I have a, a like a credit card reader at a store and I just tap it on there and it reads my info and it and I pay that way. So. It's called Apple Pay, and it's been called NFC for years. I mean, it's not a new technology, but Apple improved upon it. They made it work for them, and they did it good. They did it well, I should say. So other people will say, well, you know, um, Android phones have had that for years, but who cares? Like, it's still it's still an improvement. What what it, what it sounds like or what it comes off like to me is people saying, like, Samsung or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Android phones already had that, so Apple shouldn't even bother, which makes no sense to me. Like, it always sounds like, you know, if somebody, if, if, if I have this gray shirt on I'm wearing now, well, then you, Chris, you can't wear a gray shirt because Joe wore one. Who cares? Yeah. But what, like, but what if my gray shirt's an improvement on the... Exactly. <laughs> so so that's like saying if Zenith made the first televisions, LG shouldn't even bother making TVs because Zenith already did it. Which that's means like, it'll only be yeah. one TV company forever. You know, Henry Ford developed the Mustang, so why wouldn't any, you know, why would Bill Chevrolet make, why would he make cars? Yeah. I don't know if there's a Bill well, Chevrolet, well, but I don't know. <laughs> there might be. But, like, why would Chevrolet, you know, why would they have come up with a car line? That's cars like, already exist. That's like saying, okay, Toyota developed this thing where, uh, I don't know if this is Toyota, but I know there's some brand of car now that has a sensor on it that'll actually bring your car to a stop so you won't get into a, into a collision. That's cool. Because it's like, oh, I can detect that there's a car ahead of you. I'm going to slow you down and stop you so you don't stop. And then, like, the next brand of car comes out with that. It's like saying, oh, well, they shouldn't have that because they had it first. Yeah, because Toyota already did it. Yeah. Well, don't you think all the cars should have that because it's a really good idea? (laughs) That's the thing. It's like people people don't look at whether a technology is a good idea or not. They just look at it as, well, someone else had it first, so why would the other? 
There was an article. Why would I get seatbelts in my car? <laughs> someone linked an article. Yeah, I'd rather just crash. Uh, you know what? I'm going to buy a Ford, man, because I'd rather crash. <laughs> but somebody linked an article a couple of weeks ago on Facebook that I uh, I talked about in, a, in, I don't know, a podcast. I don't know what episode of mine, but um, where someone, the, the last line of the, of the article was literally, and I'm, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but I could probably be quoting, um, why come out with why come out with a product that someone else has already created? That's what it was, and I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because again, Henry Ford created the car. Chevrolet came out with one. Well, you know, Chevrolet. So, there, so what you're saying is, no other company should try to make their own cars, or no company other than Zenith or whoever should make their own TVs. Or if Apple came out with the, with the computer first, you know. Uh, whoever Dell or, or HP, whatever, should not come out with their own computers. That doesn't make any sense. The the whole like that just like destroys the entire economy of the country. Oh well, like, well so, WWE already does pro wrestling. So why did why does Ring of Honor even need to exist? Right, exactly. So why would anybody else exist? It's it's the stupidest way. I just I don't understand. Do you that. feel like that's kind of like a generational mindset though? The way some no because there's people there's young people that say it now and there's people my age that say it and I, I don't <laughs> understand and it's like it's not even like people say it when like the new iPhone comes out it's every single time someone says the word Apple and and it's like like there's I, I complained to a friend of mine a few months ago when this first iPhone this new iPhone was announced um, and he was like oh you're gonna buy so you're like like congrats on your your new old phone that's got product, you know features from two years ago or whatever. And I was like, dude, you got to get over it. And this is a wrestler, a guy that I love to death. And I was like, dude, you got to get over it. And thankfully, he hasn't said anything since. But I'm like, dude, it's every time I say the word Apple. Like, I could say my mother just made an apple pie. And you'll say, oh, but Samsung made apple pies three, five years ago. Well, I, I prefer Android pie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, it's, it's like, it's enough already, okay? You like what you like. I like what I like. And what I like is iPhones. And and it's not affecting anything. And another thing is, I've gone on record on fa- I've said on Facebook a million times. I love Android. I think Android's a really cool operating system. I don't have a device that currently uses it, but I used to have an Android tablet. I don't okay. know if like people just know that or would be surprised that or whatever. Just but. because you don't own it doesn't mean you don't appreciate it. Right. Exactly. Like like I like I like Toyota technology, but I drive a Jeep. I like my Jeep, but I've drove a Toyota before, and I really like that too. Exactly. It's so, like, so what am I supposed to do? Just like drop my Jeep and go get another Toyota? It doesn't yeah. really work like that. Right. If I had the money, I'd buy one of each. But yeah. you know what? I don't. So I, I buy what I, I like. And I always love when like, because I've always felt this way too, because I'll see somebody be like, oh my God, I finally upgraded to iPhone and it's the greatest thing ever. And there's always that one comment that's like, oh, well, welcome to 2015. And then they're like, yeah, well, I couldn't afford one before this. And I just want right. to respond to be like, why can't you just let them have fun? That's another thing people are, people don't look at. Like, maybe maybe your your Android phone that had this feature two years ago. Maybe at two years ago I couldn't afford it when it was on Android. And maybe now that it's on, you know, maybe now that it's coming out on iPhone, now I, I can afford it. You know, regardless. Maybe I don't care what the fuck kind of phone I buy. Yeah. I just now I can afford it, so I'm going to buy a new phone. Oh, oh yeah. Well, if you're if you're going to put me down for being you know two years behind the technology, are you going to like start giving me money so I can catch <laughs> up to you? Like, are you going to hire me to work this great job that you apparently have? I don't know. It's just one of those weird things where it's like, how does this affect your life that I just got an iPhone? Like people, have, people have to like show their superiority about everything. Like yeah, but that's that's with anything. I just I just can't understand the like 
this happened two years ago, so why bother? And it's always two years. It's, for some reason, oh, it's yeah. always the same number. Like, so why bother? And it goes right back. To, it goes like to me. It goes right back to the same thing. Like, um, you know, why why would why would LG ever create a TV? Because Zenith already did it. It's like it doesn't matter. It's like that's the very fiber of the economy. of This country. There's a million products. You buy the one that you prefer. That's it. That would be it's like the same going thing up. Is like, What's that's that? like going up to somebody who's pregnant with their second child and being like, "Why are you having another one? You already did this." <laughs> that's a great analogy. But you that's were, how that's Mary how it, did it better. She didn't even have to have sex. Yeah. man. Why are you getting married again? You already had a wife once. Yeah, you failed. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it's the same thing with like the gay marriage like debate. Like it. it yeah, all right. So some people don't like guys that like other guys. W- wonderful, whatever. But it doesn't affect you at all. It's the same yeah. thing. If I have an iPhone and you have an Android, you can tell me how much my iPhone sucks and how old the technology is. But in the grand scheme of things, in your everyday life, the phone that I'm carrying in my pocket, while you're at work sitting at your desk doing whatever, the phone that I have in my pocket is not affecting your day at all. Yeah, right. So get over it. I don't understand. And if you don't like gay marriages, don't have one. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, don't think like go- my iPhone, then don't buy one. Buy an Android phone. I don't, I don't think guys should marry other guys. All right, well, then you go marry a girl and probably My gay friends will do what they want. Who cares? Yeah. I don't care. It's just so stupid. I don't understand. No, it's, it's- Somebody, speaking of gay man, I'm sorry to bring that up. It's a whole other, <laughs> it's a whole other, a whole other words. thing. But somebody, uh, somebody posted something on a, um, on a Facebook post the other day that uh, he doesn't under, he put, uh, transgender wrestlers, WTF. And it was, first of all, it was a picture of a gay wrestler, which isn't transgender. It's That's a not guy. the same thing at all, but all right. right. It was a picture of Sonny Kiss, who is, uh, if people don't know who he is, he's, he's, um, he's an independent wrestler from Jersey. He's getting pretty, pretty much well known, um, the last couple months. And uh, I love the guy. I think, and he's, he's openly gay. I mean, he's super flamboyant, openly gay. I think he's awesome. I love Sonny Kiss. If I was gay, I don't know if I date him, but <laughs> well, that's I would at least give him hugs. <laughs> oh, well, I, give, okay. I, give, I hug him all the time anyway. But no, but uh, but but to be serious, uh, I love Sonny Kiss. I think he's great. I think he's a great person. I think he's great in the ring. So this guy writing like, "Oh, transgender WTF?" Like, first of all, he's not transgender. It's a it's a male. Like, I'm not sure if that guy even knows what gay means, or knows that transgender is not the same thing as just being gay. But, like, who cares? It's not affecting your life. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Like, you're allowed to not like it, but other people are allowed to not like you because you don't like it, which, whatever, I, I, don't I think that's it. that part of the filter that doesn't exactly get through. Like, okay, yeah, you can you can say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't approve of gay people and their lifestyle. It's like, okay, well, I don't approve of you and your thoughts that gay people shouldn't live that lifestyle. Right. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't affect either of us. Like, Sonny's gay. It doesn't affect me. But somehow it affects that guy that, that wrote that post. I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's just it's Why? it's I mean, whether you're talking about the phone that I have or you know, the 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 partner I choose to be with, you know, uh, relationship wise or whatever, it doesn't affect anybody else, so just get over it, dude. Yeah, that's how I've always felt about stuff like that. <laughs> um, you are making a bit of a name for yourself on your YouTube channel with these unboxing videos, and that's become a really popular thing ever since I feel like ever since like Loot Crate became this, the, the big subscription service, a lot of people, they'll get their subscription and then they'll post these videos of them. Oh, yeah, let's see what I got this month. And, man, that stuff just blew up so fast 
that yeah. you almost didn't see it coming. All of a sudden, it was everybody doing these unboxing videos. And I know you're doing them, and you're getting crazy number of hits off of this. I don't well, understand how. Yeah. Like, well, when I well, first... Well, that's well, what I was going to ask. Like, where do you think the popularity is coming from? When I first started watching them, I, I would watch Stevie Richards. Uh, he he runs, he owns the T4 show, uh, which is Tech Today, Tech Tomorrow. And I would watch his. And even like, even like, I would think to myself, like, like, why do I care about literally a guy opening a box and like looking at what's inside? I, I don't understand why I care. And I would just, but I couldn't stop watching them. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, this guy bought like, you know, this, this red pen. Like, why do I care about opening it? I know that people can't see it, but yeah. I'm holding a red pen. <laughs> and like, why do I care about Stevie opening a box of red pen? I, I, I don't know, but I'm going to sure as hell watch the whole thing. And if something happens, I lose power in the middle of it, or I, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to come back and finish the rest of it because I need to see this pen. No, I need to see Stevie's blue pen now. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. But once, like, Loot Crate wasn't the first monthly subscription box, but I think it is the biggest, uh, or at least the most well-known. But um, once those... Um, those boxes and subscription boxes started getting big. Then it was like, man, this is like all over the place. And I, I think, I think it's cool that that unboxing videos are so popular now because I think it makes the companies themselves have to put more diverse items in each box. Whereas, like, uh, like for example, like me and uh, CJ, Ref CJ, we both do WrestleCrate, and uh, and I posted my WrestleCrate unboxing this morning, and he responded saying, "Hey, I got I got mine also, but I didn't get the same things as you." Which I think is cool because a lot of them, Loot Crate included, send the same items to everyone that buys that month's box. So if I if I do an but I, and and this actually goes back to the last thing we talked about. If I get Loot Crate and you get Loot Crate, we're both getting the same items, but we both do two different unboxing videos, and I'll still watch both. Like obviously I'll do mine, but I'll still watch yours. It's not like well if Joe already did one. Why would you bother? Right, you right. Know? <laughs> like I'll still watch it just to see other people's reactions. Well, to that's the that's the whole thing, the though. You're going to react to something differently than I would. You <laughs> might get really, really excited about, um, you know, something like uh, Walking Dead, which I don't personally watch. So I'd probably be like, okay, this is Walking Dead, but uh, you know, I don't watch this show, but it's pretty cool. But somebody who's a big Walking Dead fan is going to open that up, and be like, oh my god, this is the best thing. Right. But at the same time, they're going to open it up, and be like, oh, what's this Hulk Hogan crap? He hates black people. I'll just throw it to the side. Whereas I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan. I there was a guy on Raw last night, a black guy in the front row with a Hulkamania shirt. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I mean, I've seen a black guy with a Hulkamania shirt. I love it. Um, but yeah, so it's like, uh, I I think the the element of surprise every month. The thing is, was what. Um, like uh, unboxing videos to me is that's reality television. It's not Big Brother, which is scripted, or it's not Survivor, which is God. Not only is Survivor half scripted, but now they actually give them stuff that they didn't give them the first season, like toilet paper and actual bathrooms and food. What the hell? That's not Survivor. Anyone can fucking well, eat real food and go poop in a bathroom. I mean, anyone. That's not really? special. So I just have to go pretend like I'm lost in the woods for a few hours a day, and I'll. Uh, I haven't actually I get to watched be a TV Survivor. Star? Like I actually haven't watched Survivor in a couple of years, but that's. I had a conversation with somebody on another podcast a couple of weeks ago about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know that they give them food now, and they give them actual. Um, if so, not, so they don't buildings die with bathrooms in them. Camera. They have like porta potties. Like if you go, if you go to like a campground, they'll have a separate building that's just bathrooms. It's not like they have anything else in them. You just walk in and there's men's room and ladies room. They have that, or they'll have like porta potties, which is not terrific, but it's better than going in the woods. So yeah. I'm like, wow, that sounds like this show sucks now. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, so like, like to me, like YouTube and like, unboxings and and like vlog videos and stuff like that is like that's reality TV. So I mean, the the next obvious to me, the next obvious step is YouTube TV. Like, why do they not have their own TV network? I, I think that would be a tremendous idea, and I think it's coming hopefully. And it, and it doesn't need to have. Well, aren't they I don't doing that? Have, uh, aren't they doing that red thing right now? Where well, like, that, that, yeah, that started already. Um, that would be the service, though. That would be where they could possibly add content on that service. Well, like, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's it's regular YouTube without ads. Right, but so I have, I have ad blockers. So what do I need red for? You're well. You're paying. You're paying ten bucks a month for YouTube videos without ads. So you're still seeing the same YouTube. You, I already you know. I already see other other. Um, other than the fact that it also, um, uh, what's the word? It works. It works together with uh, uh, Google Play Music and something else. I don't remember. I don't remember all the exact details. I know that I, I looked into it. And it's not really something I care about. Um, mostly because my ad, my YouTube videos are monetized by ads, so I need the ads to make revenue. Um, but I mean, ad blocker, like you just don't see them, but they still play in the background, like. Right. In in the background of YouTube's coding and the video, the actual code for the like the programming code for the video, they still play. So that's why I think um, I think that's still kind of it helps you, but it doesn't not help me. If that makes any sense? Okay. Or not me, but YouTube. Right. <clears throat> but I, I think they should start their own TV network. Just just like take whatever, take a thousand. YouTubers a, a week and say, "Hey, this guy made this video. We're going to air this on television as like a regular TV show this week, and you know it'll be cool or whatever." I don't know, but no, I think some that's people like have gotten next... famous through YouTube. I don't understand how like yeah. well, PewDiePie, freaking, yeah, PewDiePie like, was a good invention. Like, I don't understand how that guy has however many millions like of like, seven YouTube. million. I think something crazy. Doing what though? I don't. What does he do? Like I don't get it. He like watches video games or something. Or, like, I know. I definitely mean. Like, like I don't understand. I've been playing video games since I was like four. I'm 38. Give me some money. <laughs> right. Holy crap. When, whenever I see something like that, I'm like, why can't I do something like this? Exactly. Well, well I was laughing because I was talking to um, I was talking to a coworker of mine who's um, he, he's trying to start a hip hop career with uh, with a couple of guys that he knows in like the inner city of Lancaster. And he's like, and then he starts showing me this this rap video that this white guy did, where he's literally rapping about his day and making it rhyme. He's like, "This is so stupid," but he's getting popular. I'm like, yeah. "So you see what the problem is, right? You need to stop being serious and just be just yeah, be a just jackass, goofy dummy, yeah." <laughs> and it'll it'll blow up. I don't understand. I mean, that's that's how that friggin' uh, Tay Zonde guy he did that song about chocolate rain, and yeah. and the filter was off, so he looked orange the whole time. Yeah, and like that blew up, and then like I moved my mouth away from the mic so I could breathe. Like that blew up. <laughs> like little stuff like that is what everybody remembers. <laughs> and then you don't even have to be good. Rebecca Black became famous because she sang this horrible song about Friday, and then all of a sudden she, everybody's like, "Oh my God, she's the worst!" And like, yeah, but they're talking about her. What are you right. doing? <laughs> yep. It's it's, it's crazy it. how it is, but that's um <clears throat> that's like I, the. That's like I mean, the, I don't do it. I don't do anything shift. special either. Like, I buy a monthly subscription box and I open it. <laughs> yeah. well, and people are like, I, I'm, I'm getting like ten to twelve new YouTube subscribers a day. I don't understand. Like, I just hit a thousand. I think a week and a half or two weeks ago. It might have been two. Might be two weeks ago. Thursday tomorrow. I just, just today, I hit one thousand uh, one hundred twenty. So I've already got another hundred twenty in the last two weeks. I don't understand how that happens or why, or like what I'm doing that's so right. Like. 
I'll give you an example. There, there's a video on my YouTube called uh, uh, "Exploring the Secret Room in My Parents' House." So if you and, and it's a, it's a real video. It's not like any of this stuff is scripted. I mean, it's real. Uh, it's real life. So if you go in, my, in the basement of my parents' house, there's my mother's computer desk. Then behind that is a big like painting picture thing of like a train or whatever the hell. And then um, behind that is a calendar from who the hell knows what year. It's still behind the painting. So if you take all that stuff away, you can't see it because there's no handle, but there's a slit in the door or in the wall. I mean, so it's it makes a doorway. You can't Again, you can't see it, so you wouldn't know it's there unless you poke around and, and, and kind of feel the difference between the solid wall and the doorway. So if you pull that open, there's a little area in there or whatever. So I I, I uh, YouTubed it. Me and my girlfriend like looked at it a couple of months ago. Um, I think it was like April. And we videotaped it and YouTubed it. Now, for some reason, that video has over 250,000 views. I don't understand what the hell the big deal is. <laughs> How long is the video? Like two minutes? It's eight minutes. And the, the thing is, like, I, I'll... Like I, I have because I'm a YouTube creator or whatever. There's a separate YouTube account and separate login for like analytics and and you know all the stats and everything. So I'll look at YouTube analytics and it'll say that I get so many hits from this country and so many hits from this country. And it's because it's it's if you watch one secret room video, at the end of it it says like suggested videos that are related to the one you just watched. And it'll show you eight little thumbnails and you click on that and those yeah, are eight and other yours videos. Is one of them. Yeah, and mine is always one of them. I don't understand how that happened. So now, just to try to get the same amount of traffic for my other stuff, I put Secret Hidden Room in the tags of every other video I do now. <laughs> but but the funny thing is, like, you know, people ask, like some people ask me, hey, what's your most watched video? And I'll say, Secret Room, it's 250,000 views. And my second one is 1,100 or 1,600, yeah. which is amazing because that's like 249 thousand view difference between number one and number two yeah. it's amazing to me well, and how, I, uh, I just wish the two hundred fifty thousand was on like an actual like useful video like a product review or you know like a, an unboxing it's just on like me looking at some room with whiskey in it it's terrible <laughs> but people are like i guess they're fascinated i don't understand how that happened that's but, how uh that's how my youtube channel was i did that uh, i did that documentary in college with you you were on that with chris decker and john salinas yeah but i had the chris jericho interview part too which is what got me all the views. And then, yeah. like, that video will show up on, like, other Jericho-related stuff. And my favorite comments will always be like, oh, yeah, it's it's Chris Jericho and then a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really sorry I couldn't get John Cena that weekend, but, you know, <laughs> but I tried. But my favorite thing is that's, like, at 80-something thousand views. And then my next most popular video is, like, less than 2,000. And it's an actual, like, useful video where I went to... I went to Europe and did a documentary about French culture. I'm like, oh, but that's not what people want to see. They want to see, <laughs> they want to see Jericho talking about bumping in the heart dungeon. Like, and the thing is, like on mine, on my channel, like the the product reviews I do and the unboxings, those I, I need views and I need subscribers on that because that's how I get like. I'm not going to say which one, but there's a monthly subscription box that I no longer pay for. That I used to just be a customer. Now I'm an affiliate. I don't, I don't pay for it. They just send it to me every month because my videos get so many views. So they see 250,000 on one video and they say, they think to themselves, well, it's not on the video where he's reviewing our product, but there's potential there to get 250,000 people to see our product. So, you know, for, for whatever it is a month, we're going to give it to them for free. So that's what they do. So I need those like views. And like a lot of people think YouTube views or YouTube, like the thumbs up likes, it doesn't mean anything, but for for 
I'm I'm just now kind of learning all this YouTube content creation stuff, and uh, and like that actually makes it a huge difference. I never even realized it. Like, like I'll give you an example. Like my my Twitter followers, I have I think I have eight thousand six hundred or something, or eight thousand two hundred, whatever. Like I wasn't allowed to make a pro wrestling tees um, t shirt store until I had twenty five hundred or five thousand, until I had five thousand view um, uh, Twitter followers. So, like in in that case. You know the follower count actually makes an enormous difference. Like either I can have a store or I can't have a store, and which means in the long run I can make income on this or I can't. So it's like that's like those numbers mean a lot more than I think people realize. I think it's crazy once you really get into it, you don't realize how much this means until you're actually doing it. Like my buddy Dave, um, who lives in uh, in Paulsboro, New Jersey, right actually right around the corner from the Monster Factory, he'll do a video of like him and his family hang out at a campground on the weekend and it'll be like a 45 minute video and he'll get like 200,000 views in no, no, two hours. And it's like, it's in, he's also got like 125,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube, but he'll get like a hundred thousand views or 200,000 views in the first, like, you know, hour and a half, two hours, maybe 10 hours or the, within the first day, he'll have usually over a hundred thousand. And it's like, it's insane. I don't get it. Yeah, but that's but like you said, like actual useful, like you know, purposeful videos. Don't people don't give a shit? No. Well, wasn't I mean one of the most popular videos of all time on there was uh, Charlie bit my finger. Well, I don't even know what that is. That's the the little British kid. He uh, he was getting attention from his mother, so he stuck his finger in his little brother's mouth and he bit him and he cried. <laughs> and then that was for a long time. That was the most popular video on YouTube. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> I gotta find that. That's or like, or like the guy who did the evolution of dance. Like that was the. I mean, you know things. But but then again, you also have to remember what exactly is YouTube's target audience. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> and there you go. So yeah. what? What? There's no real target demographic. It's just people that are alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I I am breathing and I have an internet connection, and I'm bored. That's so, basically it. Yeah. So YouTube. Uh, well, so it fits. Yeah. Well, man, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, we we talked about a lot of stuff. I hope um, I hope this will help you get a couple more YouTube followers, maybe some <laughs> more hits. Who knows? Maybe you'll get a you'll get a couple hits, and they'll uh, they'll all go watch your unboxing videos instead of just the secret room. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand that at all. You well, know, yeah, like I said, different. Everybody's got something different, but uh, yeah. But hey, man, I'll I'll have you back in the in the near future. We'll uh we'll chat some more. Absolutely. And, uh, until then, uh, guys, you know, look in the description um, for information on Final Five DVD. Just check out the description of the video. Um, I'll link to uh, Joe's YouTube channel. You can subscribe. Check out those videos. I won't link directly to the the secret room video because I want you to watch all the stuff. And uh, yeah, man, we'll we'll have you back on anytime. Excellent. Looking forward to it. You're listening to the Jersey Rain podcast. All right, guys, that was Joey Image. A lot of insight there at the end, especially with the whole gay marriage thing. Hopefully, if we didn't offend anybody, and if we did, well, get over it. So I'll be back next time. Got a couple of newer guests lined up here, a couple of friends. I think I got four or five right now that are definites for future episodes here, uh, possibly even a sixth. So got some content coming up here. Remember, guys, this is a show where I interview you. So if you've got that story to tell, get in touch with me, and we'll set something up. Shout out to my buddy Jeff Trellowitz for the voice over here. Thanks again to Joey Image for being on the show, and I will see you guys next time. Yeah.